Yeah, I hope this storm hits because I don't think there's anything more frustrating than like watching a huge thunderstorm come in and then leave again without anything happening. I thought you were making a QAnon reference there. You were like, the storm's brewing or whatever. Wait, what? you thought I was talking about the weather? <laughs> What's the thing? The storm? Calm before the storm. That's what it was. Storm is coming, yeah. Where we go one, we go all, baby. <laughs> That's my favorite. The WW1, W... I forget what it is. WWG1WWGA? Yeah, I think that's it. It's so fucking clunky. WGA. That sounds like some communist shit right there, man. That's like all like collectivism and stuff. What's going on? Right. I'm so confused. Yeah, they've been uh they've been pretty quiet since the the old Mueller report draft. The indictments never ended up getting unsealed. The only reason I know anything about them anymore is cuz I tra- follow Travis View from um QAnon Anonymous on Twitter, and he's oh, constantly yeah, totally. posting shit, which is very fun. Yeah, they've got to be getting pretty bored on that podcast. I yeah. Mean, the whole thing seems to have kind of quieted down. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's going to be like the fucking Jade Helm thing, you know, where it's like everyone was super into it for a while, and then nothing ever happened, and then everyone just pretends like it never happened at all. Right. They just move on to the next thing. It's, it's the genius of the right-wing movement, man. They just keep it rolling. They just roll on to the next thing. Don't yeah. let it bother you. It's like the people who predict the apocalypse, and then... They're just like, oh, maybe next year. Keep keep sending the checks. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the, the libs could learn something from that because they're still mad about shit that happened like three years ago. Yeah, I mean, even, even Bernie today, like, and I love Bernie, but he like brought up today, like, well, if the system wasn't rigged against me, I probably could have won and beaten Trump. And I was like, oh, people were yeah, mad. Prob- you probably could have, but right. that doesn't help now. <laughs> Yeah, totally. I, I saw like Matt Brunig like deep in the comments on somebody's tweet, like replying to some like nobody chud with like forty six followers right. or whatever. It's like Matt, what are you doing, man? <laughs> like this guy's obviously beneath you. Right. He must have just been like sitting on the toilet or something. No way, man. End class barriers on <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> Break down the walls. Guillotine the blue check marks. <laughs> <laughs> we should do a system where everybody's uh, anonymous and you just post to like a message board and it's just like you get like a number. We could call it a non chan or something like that. <laughs> I thought you were describing Verit. <laughs> <laughs> Almost, yeah. It, it is funny to think about uh, Ender's game, you know, like. Uh, Ender's brother and sister, oh, yeah. the other hyper geniuses, are able to like completely take take over the world. Uh, just posting on the internet, just like posting screeds on the internet, arguing with each other. And it's like, well, that's Twitter now. They were like the AOC of uh, of the sci fi future, <laughs> right. up in there, posting their way to uh, political influence. <laughs> Flannel Podcast from Arlington, Texas. Hopefully a stormy one. I'm Matthew Hodges, joined as ever by my comrade and co-host in Omaha, Nebraska, Brendan Williams. Brendan, how you doing? I'm reclaiming my time. Uh, I, they said that I would have 10 seconds to, to rebut. Uh, <laughs> I just want to say that I also, that's also a good idea, what that person just said. <laughs> Me yeah, too. we need a moderator in here. Actually, maybe... Uh, Maybe we can get some help. We've got also on the line our junior Chicago correspondent. Connor Golden is back in the studio with us. Connor, nice to have you back. Yeah, nice to be here. What's going on, fellas? It's been a little while. Yeah, was the last one we did the Mario episode? Or I, I think so. <laughs> I think that might have been right. Yeah. 
Which was, yeah, to be and, fair, uh, a, a demonstrably better movie than the one we watched today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't want to let our audience down. We're having Connor on the show, so of course we watched a pretty horrific film, which we'll get to in a little while, but uh, I, I think we should probably do the, the thing that's more in our remit and talk about a little politics Was it first. worse than watching the debate, though? <laughs> what was... Weigh that out for yeah. me. Yeah, the debate's happening right now. I did watch a little bit of it. I was watching on um, Jack Allison was streaming himself playing Metal Gear while watching the debate. Oh, I thought he was playing it like when they stream UFC games and oh, they yeah, pretend they that they're playing, playing the video game. Yeah, he's like, I'm just, oh, I'm just playing Debate Simulator yeah. uh, 2019. <laughs> uh, every time someone said earn income tax credit, he got, had people just spam the chat with earn income tax credit. <laughs> it was really EITC, fucking boring. Baby. EITC gang. Earned income tax credit. So, uh, so was Amy Klobuchar in this one? Yep, she would. She was the one who said it. <laughs> it's yep. her favorite thing. That's her bread and butter. Yeah, tonight's uh, tonight's the first round of the debates, and so this is the one that has Liz Warren and a bunch of people who do not have a snowball's chance in hell. Right. Tomorrow's the the big the big boys: Bernie, Biden, Marianne Williamson, Andrew Yang. <laughs> the big Williamson hitters. for the win. It's it's surprising to me that they put Warren off on her own. Uh, I mean, unless their their plan was just to have her be able to stand out of the stand out well, of the crowd. I think they said like they, it was random, but yeah, the the way they did it, they had like two hats and like what this is real. Both sides, both sides hats. Yeah, uh, they had two hats and like everybody who was pulling above five percent was in one hat, and everybody who was pulling below five percent was in the other hat. So then they just like pulled names out and split them evenly. Except huh. one night is way more lopsided. Yeah, Warren just kind of, I think she kind of won though by like, she's the only one that matters at this one. So she's going to get all the focus. Meanwhile, like, right. But when you're going up against Bernie and Biden, like Pete Buttigieg is just not going to get a fucking word in edgewise. <laughs> right. He's going to boot his edge right in there. <laughs> no. Okay. You've you, you been workshopping that one. Yeah. So uh, I decided to kind of skip this one. I, I may tune in a little bit tomorrow night. Cause it, it'd be interesting to see uh, how Bernie does against some of the more, establishment candidates because uh, he's either going to do really well or really really poorly and, and i'm not i'm not placing any bets right now i'm going to consume the debate in the best possible way which is to read like chris saliza's like top 43 <laughs> lines from the debate that you will not believe did you see today he did he was crowdsourcing on i follow him because uh I do. Of course, you do. I do uh, during the football season. I do my character NFL Media Insider Chris Eliza, where yeah. I just don't say anything <laughs> of any import. Um, but he today he was crowdsourcing his debate playlist, and I don't know what the fuck. Like, if you're supposed to listen to it while you're listening to the, watching the debate or what? But he's like, he was like super excited. He's like, guys at Spotify, promote my playlist. I have a debate playlist. <laughs> Yeah, just mute it up and see if you can get their like lips to sync up with the song. It's always so funny. Yeah, if you if you do happens. enough mushrooms, Missy Elliott will sync up with Beto O'Rourke talking in Spanish. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! Oh, that was beautiful. It's just gonna be fight song like a hundred times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody gets to play their song. They should totally do like wrestling style intros where they're playing. They're like, oh, oh my, my god, god, that's Amy Klobuchar. <laughs> 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 
Oh, she's just throwing binders. <laughs> well, that's that's debate news. Uh, closer to home, Connor, I hear that you single-handedly legalized weed. Yeah, that was Congrats, all me. Uh, we're smoking on that kind bud. I'm excited. I'm actually... So hitting that hitting that lounge before you come on the show. That's right. And I definitely don't have a problem where if I even take two hits, I freak out and have to lay on the ground for a little bit. <laughs> um, but I am. I'm excited. On Friday, I'm going on a date with a girl who works for our governor, and I'm excited to talk to her about... Well, number one, why he sucks, because she also doesn't like him. Um, yeah. But I do want to find out how the whole weed thing went and if he's going to get arrested at any point. This is the dude who's like a billionaire or whatever? Yeah, J.B. Prisker. He's our billionaire governor who legalized gambling and weed, which means it's time to arrest him and let someone else do the rest of the stuff, because that's the only shit I really cared <laughs> that I figured he might do. He just legalized Chicago politics. Yeah. It's legal like, now. You can't get arrested for it he anymore. He legalized the cool stuff, and now it's time to like take money from dudes like him. This actually passed through the state legislature. That's the first state that's actually ever done it that way. Everything else was like ballot initiative. Yeah, most states have just done ballot initiative. He initiatives. didn't even do anything. He just signed it, he right? He just signed it. It's the same thing. We uh, we just got $15 minimum wage that passed through state legislator too, which is also oh, awesome. Oh, sweet. I thought you were going to say he just gave everyone $15. He was like, hey, thank Victory Party. <laughs> he figured that An- Andrew Yang has been time. doing pretty well, So, he, but this is a state, <laughs> so it's got to do it on a smaller level. Oh, yeah. Did you guys see uh, Andrew Yang out there saying, uh, you know, like, like and retweet this, and they'll send you $1,000 a month for 12 months? Yeah, it's. I think it's only one person, though, right? right? No, it's, he's running it like a sweepstakes, basically. Yeah, I mean, they've always said you should get paid to, like, use social media and stuff. I haven't used Facebook in, in months, but... If Facebook wants to start paying me, I'll totally start using <laughs> <Right>. it again. <laughs> Why not? I mean, it's not that bad. I'll use it for money, sure. <laughs> yeah, the legal weed thing in Illinois is going to be interesting to see how that comes out because uh, as a friend of ours was pointing out the other day, um, you've got some other states that, that legalized it and the governor or the state legislature rolled it back after it passed on the ballot initiative or decided to never enact the thing, which isn't the case here, but also... Um, sometimes you see some kind of rat fuckery where they legalize it nominally, but then they never actually give out any kind of licenses. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. Obviously, Chicago is a much different part of the state than like Southern Illinois. So I wonder how it's playing down there. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, Chicago is such a, an agriculture based state outside of Chicago that, and I, I have no idea like how we growing works but i wonder if it could like be a boon to our uh, agriculture yeah i know that it it grows really well on uh like marginal land so it, if you're a farmer and you've got most of your acreage dedicated to say corn or wheat um like the little strips in between uh that may not be as as deep soil or or whatever apparently like hemp apparently grows really well on like hillsides and stuff like oh, that oh interesting so, cool yeah, yeah. hopefully yeah. i mean our our illinois uh got a huge debt we have no money at all so it'd be good if uh they could start growing here isn't it funny that you you got the billionaire governor and yet you're so poor that's so weird yeah (laughs) it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out because there's nowhere even close like there's no bordering states to have like in nebraska it's like well you just drive to colorado it's not that far or whatever but in chicago i guess you'd have to drive to like michigan but even then i think it's just medical i think it is probably michigan like, definitely not Wisconsin, definitely not Indiana. You guys are your own little island out there. It's lonely. Yeah. Do you know if they did anything, like, uh, in California when they finally legalized, it also came along with um, some 
some sort of like criminal justice reform also where uh, people had their records expunged or people who were in prison for low-level drug offenses got released. It, it, I, I didn't see anything like that. I didn't that see anything like that either, which makes leads me to believe that that's not the case, right. which is bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's too bad. I'm I mean, sure they'll figure some way to be like, well, if you want to like pay us, then then we'll think about maybe right, like yeah. expunging your conviction yeah, or something like I, that. I have no they idea. They need it's, money. It's weird because Chicago is like a liberal island in this fairly conservative state. So when it comes to like our state legislator, it is fairly conservative, which is why I was sort of surprised that this passed. But it, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do about criminal justice, like fixing like all the people that are locked up for right. doing what's now legal. Yeah. Hopefully it happens because it'll fucking suck if it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, well, and, uh, you know, it's it's been surprising to me that more of these, uh, you know, cash-strapped Midwestern and Plains states don't embrace legalization the way that, you know, like Colorado or Washington or Oregon did, and suddenly you have a bunch of tax money coming in. Yeah, there's again. so much money coming in because yeah. of it. I mean, Texas taxes are already absurdly low uh, and very regressive because we got a sales tax, but there's no property tax, and it's it's just a there's fucking mess. There's no state mess. income tax either, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, so you know, the the schools are kind of constantly underfunded around here, and you know, mm-hmm. highway construction and everything, and we've got tons of land that I'm sure you could grow weed on. The sun shines fucking 300 days a year down here. I mean, as weed smokers love to say, more money, more problems. So, in <laughs> fact, maybe we're saving ourselves a whole lot of heartache by keeping it illegal up in here. All right. Maybe didn't ever think of that one. Let's see. On the topic of Texas, and I, I don't want to linger on it because it is kind of a drag, but um, the concentration camp discourse continues apace. Um, it was kind of depressing that that all blew up like literally two days after we had Ellie Valley on the show um, <laughs> when he would have been the perfect person to ask about it. But uh, that's all right. Ellie, we love you. And, you know, come back. I on think the show. we got to figure out where Ellie stands on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He uh, he published a, a pretty amazing uh, cartoon just today. Well, uh, you know, I'll, I'll just direct you to he's on Twitter at Ellie Valley. I'm sure he has it pinned right now, but he's he's going in hard against like. You know, the the Holocaust Memorial Museum and, and these other like Jewish identity or Israeli identity interest groups that are uh, also coming after people who are comparing the, the camps in in Texas and along the border to concentration camps. Um, he is he's pissed. He's pissed. And that, that is not a man that you want to get on the bad side of because he's really good at drawing you looking terrible. Right. Yeah. His I really liked his uh, Liz Cheney one. Oh, my God. Every time he goes after a major media figure, you know, it's like these it's great. woodcut grotesques that look like they came out of a like a dark forest carving in like mm-hmm. old Germany or something. Just fantastic. So, I mean, I, I think the three of us can probably agree that the discourse around this is very stupid. It's obvious that these are concentration camps. Um, there's no reason that concentration camp should have a little trademark symbol behind it and you can only ever use it when you're talking about the Shoah. Just a real fucking mess, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I knew that it was at another level when highlights for children had to step in. That's right. And yeah. make, a, make a statement that was like, just so that you all know, highlights for children does not support concentration right, yeah. camps we think they're bad we were joking around with uh john levitt on slack today about you know the the different things like highlights magazine could do you know like a a goofus and gallant where uh you know like goofus decides to have this uh conversation on twitter where gallant recognizes that 
uh, the phrase never again means like we need to be aware alert right now so it never happens again. I'm so distracted by how you pronounce gallant. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's, Hyundai Galantra. It's gallant, isn't it? No, it's goofus and gallant. Goofus and gallant? Yeah, what are you, French or something? Yeah. I swear to God, it's gallant. <laughs> All right. Well, well. Either way, I think the, I think the joke landed just fine. That's been a disaster, but um, you know, at the very least, uh, we've got we've got a lot of media talking heads who are ostensibly liberal and anti-Trump who are spending more time talking about the language being used than they are talking about the actual conditions of the border. So I'm mm-hmm. sure that'll all get fixed very soon. Oh yeah, we forgot the best news of the week. Connor, watch out because Bernie's coming for your Twitch views, bro. Yeah, I'm. Ex- I'm excited. He's logging on. His, uh, I'm really excited to defend him through his first heated gaming moment. <laughs> what do you think Bernie Sanders will stream? He set up a Twitch account. He's got to do something. What if you're his new social media manager? What's your pitch? It would be funny if you went with some like retro video game, like Bernie plays Galaga. I was thinking like, like that. yeah, that would be pretty funny if he's like, let me get these Donkey Kong uh, high scores or something right. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was thinking Minecraft. I I would like if he streamed like Mario sixty four and he tried to unionize the uh, the Toads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Donkey Kong could be a good one, too. You know, he's like going after those OSHA violations, union construction workers. There's a lot of thematic tie-ins. No, I've got, right. I've got the perfect one. He's going to play Papers, Please. Oh, he'll dude, stre- that would be amazing. He'll stream Papers, Please and talk about immigration reform. <laughs> the bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there like a healthcare version of Papers, Please? That should be like insurance, health insurance simulator oh, 2019. Oh, God, yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's going to be one of those uh, one of those simulator games where like you just have the hands and you're trying to like pick up the scalpel and that like yeah. drop your watch inside the, si- the... Simulator games, they're fun. Yeah. I was at BugCon in Los Angeles and uh, Nick Weiger from the Doughboys did a two-hour stream of uh, him playing Train Simulator. Hell yeah. It was super fun to watch. People love that truck simulator. <laughs> They're streaming it nonstop. That would actually be a pretty good one, too. You know, it's pretty easy going. You could just kind of drive the, the rural highways. Yeah, sure. That's what, like, Jack Allison did a, a truck simulator stream where he streamed for the maximum amount of time that a trucker is allowed to drive a truck, <laughs> oh. which is oh. eight hours on, and then you have to take a half-hour break, and then you do a second eight hours, but half of that has to be breaks. Wow. Interesting. Oh, that's why they're always stopping all the time. Laws, man. Yeah. I don't know. I think, uh, do you guys ever play uh, or hear of Cart Life? This is like a, a, a depressing game where you like run like a hot dog stand or like a newspaper stand or like <laughs> no. something like that. And you're just like destitutely poor all the time. Oh, God. Uh, that would be a great one for him to do. Yeah, totally. I mean, there, there are any number of video games. Uh, he could do uh, he could do Bioshock, you know, and talk about, okay. you know, the, the <laughs> like the, the dangers of unfettered capitalism. Wolfenstein, very hot topic yeah. right now. <laughs> Having this conversation, I'm realizing I know like three video games. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's right. I mean, you can pick any old video game and make it political. You just have to decide what things represent. Yes. uh, He could do Zelda and the princess is, uh, well, and the princess, of course, is labor. (laughs) The princess is Medicare for all. And the... And Ganon... Ganon is uh, the freaking Cheeto man. Tetris. Could you imagine the QAnon meltdown if he's if he just was playing Tetris? Yeah, it's got that Russian code in it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it invented in the USSR and literally a, a game about you know how like communes can work together to build a thing. Well, Fantastic. yeah, he has so many great options. I can't wait to to see him start streaming. We had a pool going for who the first 
presidential candidate to stream Fortnite would be. Right. And I don't think any of us saw Bernie coming. <laughs> no, it seems like a Beto thing. Yeah, I can't believe he's beaten him to the punch. Bernie does have something like 3,000 grandchildren, so you know that he's played video games with them like at least one time. Oh, dude, you know he's... That's true. I bet he's super fucking good at 2K. Yeah, yeah. he's just <laughs> drilling those threes, bro, like just nonstop. That would actually be sick. Uh, maybe he's like old school NBA Jam. NBA Street Volume 2. <laughs> well, Liquid Flannel listeners, if you've got other suggestions for what Bernie Sanders needs to be streaming on his Twitch stream... Uh, shoot them to us on the Twitter. I think we're going to take a break, and when we come back, uh, Connor and I are going to educate Brendan about truly one of the most amazing cinematic experiences uh, we've ever had. Jerusalem Countdown. We'll be back. I'm excited. There is a revolution coming. A revolution of God. Revolution, huh? You know who he's working for? We have information that the CIA has been investigating certain apocalyptic events. People in the administration were actually concerned about the rapture. Rapture meaning everyone vanishes. Losing a substantial number of key government personnel could be problematic. Are we talking the end of the world? This is bigger than anything you could possibly imagine. Israel wants peace. America wants peace. There's never been an opportunity like this. A true Muslim must never recognize Israel. Jerusalem will be the price for peace. So you do believe in God? I've always you know, thought there was something bigger than us. Mr. Daughtry, I think I've imported distraction. Seven wonders. So a few weeks back, we had a long conversation with Phoenix Kalita about the movie Breakthrough, the amazing uh, Christian movie about the kid who falls through the ice and whatnot. Um, and uh, one of our listeners uh, at Dejenko Unchained uh, sent me a DM and said, "Hey, do you know anything about do you know do you, do you know anything about Pure Flix Entertainment?" <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's where they like edit. They illegally edited movies and then sold them. Right. Is that what it is? Or is it like Netflix, but only for Christians? Netflix. Things? It's Netflix, but only for Christians. It's the same studio that made God's Not Dead. Oh, my st- yeah. my sister's a Christian. And for a while, it was her favorite movie. Yeah. <laughs> there was, though, there was a company where literally they would take like popular Hollywood movies and like edit out. They would like do TV edits of them and then sell them on their Christian website. (laughs) And then they got shut down for like piracy, of course, because they were like, no, you don't have the rights to re-edit and sell our movies. Well, Dejenko Unchained uh, clued me into the fact that Pure Flix, A, exists, and B, also has an action arm. Uh, They they produce action movies and suggested one, sent me the, the trailer for a film called Jerusalem Countdown. Uh, so we thought we would watch it and talk about it a little bit. Uh, Connor, first impressions of Jerusalem Countdown. So, uh, it's bad. It's really bad. <laughs> uh, I'm shocked. It, what bugged me the most was there is, towards the beginning, there is what, first of all, it's not really an action movie. They, like, imply all their stunts. Uh, <laughs> right, yeah. But like there's where he jumps the out the dogs. window, but all you see is like him get up on the the threshold. Yeah, you see him walk off and like, then it cuts to the car and he lands on the car. Right. Uh, <laughs> but like you expect like okay, well they're at least trying to go for an action thing. There's that scene and then literally no action the rest of the movie until the yeah. very last scene of the movie. 
Yeah, so Brendan, the, the, the overall plot of this film is that uh, there's a massive like peace agreement being negotiated with Israel right now. So some bad guys have decided to disrupt this peace agreement by they, they've smuggled in seven like backpack nukes uh, into the United oh. States. And they're going to put them all Neurology. over the country, like all, all the major metro areas um, and detonate them all at the same time and kind of bring down, you know, like ruin American society and the financial markets so that then they can like invade Israel and completely destroy it. So so our hero, uh, Shane Daughtry, uh, an FBI agent with nothing to lose, uh, meets up with his, I guess, ex-girlfriend, uh, Eve. Um, Which is a very subtle, the- subtle name for a uh, right. Christian movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're trying to like they're trying to track down these nukes before the guys can like they're they're all in one place. They're all in Chicago, uh, and you kind of see like behind the scenes. You see what the bad guys are doing. It's like a diehard movie in that sense. And so like Shane and Eve have to like you know of course their relationships get gets fixed as they they go through this whole thing, and they're like meeting up with contacts and. And all this shit. And then meanwhile, you've got this guy who lives across the street from, from the where terrorists. the terrorists are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like he's he's like a, a failed writer and his wife uh, apparently like had a stroke at some point and just woke up like totally Christian. Which and I so they're believe, not getting along. I believe the only way you can become Christian as an adult is if you have a stroke first. Yeah, totally. I mean, it, she she had a shocking her, admission. Yeah, she had her like road to Damascus, like epileptic fit or whatever. Um, so their their marriage is on the rocks because uh, she keeps trying to bring him the Bible as he's researching stuff instead about of, instead of uh, the burning bush. She smelled burning toast, which is similar. <laughs> okay, so. The, I mean, wait. So hold that, on. So the terrorists live across yeah, the street. They Are they like the suburban street. terrorists? Yeah, yeah. Or we're like, where do these peeps live? Okay. Like in a cabin in no, the woods. No, no. So like, I looked it up. They, live in, they give the address. It's like 135 Oak Street, which is not far from where I live. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, it's like it's a weird. It would be a weird place to live because it kind of looks like the suburbs, um, but it's in Chicago. And 135 Oak Street is like it's like a jewelry store, like a block away from the beach. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I don't know if you noticed, Connor, but when the the writer guy, uh, what's what the fuck is his name even? I don't is remember. He Literally, Russ? the only character's name I remember is Eve. Yeah, well, we'll just we'll just call him neighbor guy. Okay. I think because I'm not sure he even gets named in the in the thing. So neighbor guy like starts researching like why do I see all these like weird packages going in and out of this this house across the street from me? Uh, he he looks up who the who owns the house and it's literally like Iran Iran shipping. Yeah. yeah, It's it's, it's literally that it's like Iran incorporated. Yeah. The Iran terrorism group LLC. Um, what really stuck out to me in this film is that, that the ostensible heroes literally don't do anything that's useful. The entire movie, like they catch this, they catch this assassin who like was giving Shane some some clues as to the seven wonders? That's what they call the the uh, backpack nukes. Who uh, he gets killed by this assassin who Shane chases down in that uh, that foot foot chase scene that we talked scene, about. Because they they're they're like in again like so that's in Virginia and as far as I can tell like so he he's at this house in like a residential neighborhood and then starts chasing this guy. He gets maybe a block and he's in like. 
an industrial part of town. There's uh, apparently in Virginia, like ne- residential neighborhoods are just like mixed about with like industrial warehouses and shit. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, there's like a coal mine in every backyard. I think that was like a campaign thing that they did a while back where they were just like, hey, everybody gets their own coal <laughs> mine. It's, it's Virginia. So they have, like, multiple interrogation sessions with this guy. They keep, like, running around and meeting with people. There's this long-ass scene at the library where the librarian's like, you don't know what the, uh, oh, what is it, whatever, whatever the, the Decalogue is. She's like, that's the Ten Commandments, like, the you know, the rules by which we all lead our lives as according to God. Like, you youngsters just don't even read the Bible anymore, do you? Oh, is it like, does it turn into the Da Vinci Code, where it's like, only you can foil the terrorists if you master Bible yeah, trivia? It's sort of like, uh, imagine, like, the Da Vinci Code kind of combined with Mission Impossible Fallout, but, like, without, in Mission Impossible Fallout, instead of, like, the guys with the nukes being anarchists, they're uh, Muslims. Uh, yeah, <laughs> all predictable. The movie is unbelievably fucking racist. It's insanely Islamophobic. It's maybe, it's just, it, maybe the most Islamophobic thing I've seen in film since the last sketch of Jackass 2. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. Like, the, uh, when, like, every time they're getting information from one of the one of the contacts that they have they're like yeah this is this is like iran and saudi arabia like trying to impose like muslim law on israel and like you know if israel falls like then all of civilization is ruined it's it's incredibly zionistic uh incredibly islamophobic and also like the russians get swept up into it for some reason yeah there's a guy who's talking about borscht i don't know what (laughs) like i'm not joking there's a guy that's like you gotta try my borscht (laughs) Um, and all the information he had was like that assassin guy has a sister. They're like, we got to find this sister. And then the sister's dead. So they're like, oh, never mind. Right. <laughs> yeah. Damn actually, Russians leading us on a wild goose chase again. It actually is a little bit racist, too, because uh, there are exactly two black characters in the whole movie. Um, one of them is not named. And I think it's the only thing that was meant to be a comedy beat in the whole movie where when uh when Shane and Eve are first talking and of course they like get onto the their their old relationship troubles and this black gal this assistant is just standing there as they're like bickering with each other and finally she's like you know I could just come back later um that that's one of them and the other one is an a black FBI agent who accompanies Eve to go and find this sister of the assassin and then he immediately gets shot <laughs> immediately gets shot yeah that was the the I think it was like after he got shot. That was about halfway through, and um, at one point they're in a car, and I think Eve says the phrase "leap of faith," and that's like I immediately like my brain like checked out because it reminded me of like the 1997 skateboarding video where Jamie Thomas does a, a tries to do a trick <laughs> called the leap of faith, and I like paused the movie to watch that for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went back in and I finished the movie, but until the last scene, the whole time I was like, man, Jamie Thomas is really good at skateboarding. <laughs> yeah, so you got um you got these two agents running around, and other than like kind of learning about religion and learning about uh like the book of Ezekiel and the book of Revelations, they have a couple of discussions that are about like, well, what do you believe? And they're they're both kind of like non-committal. She's she's very much an atheist, and her like top level agent dad is one of their contacts, who's always like he's like you need to you need to get here and like talk to this person because uh, the rapture's about like, to happen. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, because the fate of the world is at stake. Oh, also by the way, have you heard about the? 
the word of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And she's like, Dad, and his, come like, on. Seven headed lamb and the seven seals right, right. that break the <laughs> the earth and it rained a fire. So, um, so they run around. They run around for the whole movie. Um, Eve fails to stop an assassination plot against the uh, like Israeli delegation. It's like the Israeli prime minister and all of his people get blown up on a plane. Um, she. So she, wait, their goal is to destroy Israel, and they have seven backpack nukes. And then they decide to go to Chicago and Virginia. So they 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 want to. I guess the idea is they. The nukes are supposed to act as a distraction because so later in the movie, there's a scene where the neighbor guy goes into the terrorist basement and he like sees all the blueprints of like where they want to put the nukes. So it's like one under Denver, one under New York City. Um, they wanted to use it as a distraction, and, like shake up the world markets. I don't they don't explain how any of this is connected. But the idea is like, we're going to fuck up yeah. American cities and cities around the world. And as a result, Israel will fall. Right. Yeah. They're, they're going to destabilize the American That's a real government. Roundabout. Basically. Right. Uh, it's a Rube Goldberg machine. Because, Personally, because, I would just put the nukes in Israel. Right. That seems like a straightforward solution to the, the goal that you espouse. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think the idea is they're going to destabilize the United States because the U.S. is basically facilitating these peace talks, which, by the way, don't appear to be going very well for Israel because the peace talks include Israel giving up, like, most of its land back to... Uh, most of its land, like, and we, gotta, we do have to recognize that, according to the guy that's talking on the fake news show, Israel has no land to give up. Right. <laughs> They've yeah. already given up all their land, and as a result, oh, yeah, Hamas that- exists. That whole newscast kind of closer to the beginning of the movie where it's like, here's the list of grievances that Israel has with, like, the rest of the world uh, community. Yeah, apparently. We gave up so much land in 1948. We gave up so much land to Egypt. Like, we don't have anything left. Apparently, and in the reality of this movie, there is a, like, cable news channel that, like, for an hour every night just lets a guy from Israel complain. (laughs) Uh, I think it's Fox Business. <laughs> yeah, so so they drive around. They Eve fails to stop this thing, which is like Connor said about the the closest until the very end of the movie we ever get to like an action sequence. Um, and then in the meantime, you've got the neighbor guy who he does everything in this movie. He like he 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 spots the terrorists. He investigates them. He hires, he hires a, a fucking, locksmith. Yeah, a locksmith to break them into the house. He gets he goes right. to. Some sort of biker bar uh, that's directly under, like, an L station in the loop <laughs> um, <laughs> to get a fake ID. Uh, and that's so he can hire – he gets, like, a fake ID and, like, his name's, like, Muhammad Muslim or whatever. And he <laughs> hires a locksmith. He's, like, a white guy. He's, like, yeah, I'm Muhammad Muslim. Can you get me into my house? I lock my keys in there. <laughs> uh, he goes downstairs. He, like, looks around. He, like, sees, like, oh, there's freaking guns in here in one room. And then he goes into another room. And there's, like, like foreign writing on the walls and prayer ma- uh, prayer mats on the ground. And that he's very, right. very upset by that. Yeah. Uh, and then he's, like, yeah. he's about to leave. I think he was, like, about to leave and be, like, call the cops and be, like, they have guns and prayer mats. Uh, <laughs> right. But yeah. The, the the room where their computers are uh, has just a bunch of snapshots of Mahmoud Ahmadinejad <laughs> stuck on the wall for like no fucking reason. <laughs> but then he's smart enough to recognize it's like, oh, this place has a freaking basement. I got to check this shit out. So right. he goes downstairs in the basement. And-, and he's sweating by this point. I mean, he's it's like 
He's like huffing and puffing. He's clearly very He's afraid. a big guy. Um, He's already had to walk up and down some stairs. <laughs> um, so he gets down to the basement and he sees a briefcase and he opens it up and there's a bunch of wires and as well as another briefcase inside the briefcase. Then he opens that up and there's a nuke inside. He's very upset and he's about to leave. And what do you know? The terrorist and his two terrorist friends show up at home and realize someone has opened the door. So the, yeah. So at this point... Basically, our, our heroes, Shane and Eve, haven't done anything except occasionally they meet with, uh, who's the country singer? Oh, I have Randy Travis, and he looks like shit. Yeah, it looks so bad. It reminds me of like, like He looks like it was, he looks like it was made by a cobbler. It, it's, uh, oh fuck, why can't I remember the guy's name? Who's the, what's the name of the, uh, singer? He's also an actor. Fuck, I'm just gonna look up one of his movies so I can remember his name. Yeah. So, hold on. You talk for a second about Randy yeah, Travis. Yeah, sure. So, Randy Travis plays this, like, CIA agent or CIA, like, upper-level upper, upper level guy that they meet with a couple of times. And he, like, he won't give them any information until he does give them all of the information, uh, which doesn't help them. Because, again, they don't do anything in this entire movie. They accomplish nothing. He, it's, it's, he's very much like... Um, I feel like the way, like, cool indie movies will have, like, Tom Waits in it. He's like the fucked yeah. up, shitty looking version of Tom Waits that's in bad, like, <laughs> <Right>. Christian movies. <laughs> yeah, other uh, other interesting celeb appearances in this. Uh, Lee Majors, and the Stacey $6 Keech. million dollar man. Yeah. Lee Majors, <laughs> Stacey Keach, and Randy Travis are all in this fucking movie. And none of them have particularly big roles. <laughs> right, no, I, I mean, Lee Majors is in the movie for like three minutes and then he gets killed. He's the first informant, the guy that the assassin kills. Right. Who who the hell's Stacy Keach? I kind of recognize the oh, I'll pull the up name. His, uh, Wikipedia. He's like that old. He plays like an old. Uh, he's like uh, low rent Brian Cox. Okay. <laughs> he's like if you're like well Brian Cox is too much money. Uh, you go to <laughs> you go to Stacy Keach for sure. Oh man, yeah, I'm I'm kind of going through his uh, cin- oh, he was cinematography. Oh, uh, and Sean's up in smoke. <laughs> <laughs> he's been around, man. He's been around for a while. Yeah, so, uh, of course, you know, but by this time, the, the terrorists have come back into the house. Neighbor guy's trapped in the basement. He calls the, the cops. Um, and no, then hold he on. I, do, I want to talk about that part real quick. So, okay. the terrorists come in the house. They're looking around. And as they're he, like, hides behind a door where he sees, like, the six other nukes. And he's, like, very concerned about this. As the, So, <laughs> the terrorists come down the stairs. He's hiding there. They just keep the nukes in their living room? <laughs> no, in the, in basement, the basement. On a, on a oh, nice oh, shelf. Oh, sorry. Yeah, they're sorry. all in, like, they're all in, like, old-fashioned, like, Samsonite luggage, too. It's great. So, he's hiding behind this, like, wood, thin wooden wall as the terrorists are, like, closely, like, very slowly approaching where he's at, and he has the idea. Also, this movie came out in 2011, and he calls the police on his straight-up flip phone. Um, right. <laughs> but he he calls them, like, on the phone, calls them using his voice while these terrorists are, not, I'm not kidding, no more than 15 feet away from him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Siri! He's... Call the police. <laughs> he's, he's, I'm sorry, I don't have that contact. At first, I was like, this man is breathing so heavy, he's about to fucking get caught. And then <laughs> they, they're like getting closer. He's like, I gotta call the cops. So he calls 911, and he's like, you gotta come to 135 West Oak Street. They got bobs. And I was like, this man is a, like, they're inches away from him. And the lady, <laughs> the 911 dispatcher's like, I'm sorry, sir, you need to speak up. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like oh. so he says it again in exactly the same volume yeah and then and 
the police somehow managed to get there in maybe three seconds. Yeah, just just the most amazing response time for the Chicago PD ever uh, put to film or reality. Which is shocking that the Chicago police weren't at that point too busy covering up the murder of a black child to, that they could just <laughs> right. show up on, uh, for like a real crime. <laughs> it turns out half the air the terrorists were uh, undercover FBI agents anyway. Right. So yeah. there was no there was no need. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so somebody so so he's he's in the basement. He makes the phone call and then he begins to pray and he says, you know, Jesus, please get me out of this spot. Meanwhile, across town someplace, our our rugged protagonist, who by the way, the the guy who plays Shane Daughtry, um, it, is, is it me uh, or does it a, sound like every single one of his lines was ADR? Oh yeah! Oh, it's, absolutely he, right. Yeah, it's it's everybody else. Like for the most part, everybody sounds like they're in a movie or whatever. Every time he speaks, it sounds like he's in a fucking studio. Yeah, I don't I don't know what was going on with that. I mean, it may have been the fact that he was a co producer on this film and just wanted like a whole bunch of extra mics put on him every time right. he, every time he talked. But yeah, you guys got to look this up. Uh, David A R White is the guy's name, and he looks like. Like if you ma- if you did a face face mashup between James Vanderbeek and uh, Tucker Carlson, um, he, he, it's like a this really weird like moon face James Vanderbeek, and he always has that perplexed like kind of gate mouth look that Tucker Carlson always has. His hair is fucked up too. I don't like his hair one bit. Very strange. And, Very and strange like, looking. He man. looks like he should have it like buzzed real short, but instead he like grows it out to like do like. I can only describe it as like a dad trying to be hip, but like in like 2006 or something. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's a, it's a proper like uh, like youth pastor. Right, haircut. right, right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he's across town. Uh, they ring him on his on his radio, and they're like, "Hey, this guy just called from some neighborhood in Chicago. You need to get over there." He said they have bombs. He gets there just in time to see this big firefight. Uh, the terrorists decide they're just gonna set off all the bombs right now, which seems. For one, for one thing, like when the cops pull up, they just start shooting. They just like blow the windows out and just start laying into them with a well. That is automatic Chicago PD fire. style. To be fair, yeah, yeah. The 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 Chicago police, true to fashion, uh, we're well, not quite true to fashion. Instead of like getting hit by a train on accident, like they do in real life, <laughs> uh, these guys like instead of like hiding behind their car door, they're like just standing in the middle of the yard shooting at a guy in a yeah. window. Oh yeah, it's it's the charge of the fucking light brigade. It's ridiculous. Uh, all these cops die. Shane gets there just in time. They have a little fist fight in the basement, and uh, they they like knock out the one terrorist who's setting up the the nuke to to go off like just in time, and everything's fine. And then something that I was not expecting happens: the rapture. Uh, well, yeah. So so neighbor guy goes back across the street to his house, and. His wife has been, like, hiding in a closet because of all the gunfire, and she comes out, and he's like, will you please pray with me? And she's like, of course, I'll pray with you. Uh, and so they, they say a little prayer, and he gives his life over to Jesus Christ. Shane comes out of the house. Just in time. Shane comes out of the house, and, like, everybody's looking up in the sky, and you never see exactly what they're looking at. There's, like, this split-second, like, really cheap special effect that, like, the whole sky is on fire for a second. And then all of a sudden... 
like half the people in the crowd just like get zipped up it's, like it's little literally the exact almost the exact same effect uh, as was used in the seth rogan movie this is the end yeah yeah <laughs> yeah exactly which is a much more compelling movie because it all happens <laughs> after the rapture so you can see like what it's like after the rapture this movie just ends with the rapture it just ends with the rapture with Shane standing out in the street. Apparently, everybody gets to heaven naked because, like, everybody gets, like, whisked away to heaven. But then he's standing out there and there are, like, clothes raining on the street. Yeah, it's a, it is a funny. That's You guys didn't know that everybody's naked in heaven? That's the rule. <laughs> that's why they're naked in the Garden of Eden or whatever. That's why Adam and Eve are naked because oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. to be... To, like, be horny is part of sin. So <laughs> everyone in heaven is just totes naked all the time. That's the rule. But yeah, it is. I mean, this is, like, this is kind of, like, what when I – we watched the trailer, and they show – literally, they show the end of the movie in the trailer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, one of the first things you see is, like, the rapture happening in the trailer. And I was like, okay, I, this is probably, like, shitty, like, propaganda or whatever, but it'll be cool to see, like, the rapture happen and, like, the what happens because of the rapture. But, like, now it's just the end of the movie's the rapture. And also, like, it's presented as a thriller, and the only two action scenes are the chase at the beginning, and then as, as the rapture happens, like, people who are, like, flying a plane or driving a truck, like, get ascend into heaven. So they're, like, plane crashes, and, like, a truck shoots through another fucking car. And it's, like, right. cool to look at, and I would love to see a movie of that shit. <laughs> Yeah, and well, then, and then Jerusalem countdown too, and that's rapture. That's literally Rapturous. where it ends. It's like Shane like still has Eve on the phone, and he's like, "Eve, I'm coming to get you." And he like drives off across town. That's all on fire and shit. Um, that is where the movie ends. Uh, obviously, setting up for some kind of. Oh yeah, and then you find out that uh, you find out that Randy Travis's character, the CIA guy, was actually part of this like brotherhood of whatever the the brotherhood of religion. What's it called? The Revolution of God, part part of this uh this group, the Revolution of God. He's the one who's been pulling the strings on this whole thing. So very much uh, like yeah. uh in <laughs> this works for my fucking Tom Waits analogy. Very much like in uh <laughs> Risk Cutter's a Love Story, how Tom Waits ends up being God in that movie. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. So was he he playing the angle like, hey, we have to let Jerusalem be destroyed so that the rapture can happen, or it was it was just a coincidence? It wasn't like actually tied into. Yeah, that's. I mean, they don't the, really explain it. it. Yeah, it kind of it kind of falls apart because, like, in theory, like the destruction, the 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 detonation of all of these nuclear weapons. Oh, by the way. Um, uh, David A.R. White says it nuclear the entire fucking movie. He, he says it like 50 times nuclear. Well, as as George Bush educated us right, the proper right. way to say it. Yeah, I, I think the idea was that once the nukes went off, then the rapture was going to happen. And that was going to be, you know, fulfilling some biblical prophecies. And that would lead to the destruction of Israel, which, by the way, that's not how the premillennial dispensationalist prophecies go anyway yeah and i just know what those words mean too don't worry don't worry about yeah. explaining them <laughs> no you do connor it's, it's just those it's the people who believe that like that's why that's why like israel needs to rebuild the the third temple oh, like the because that'll shit? usher in yeah okay. yeah 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 there all the the dispensationalists that just means the people who believe in the like the rapture and the end of the world like coming about according to b- biblical prophecy okay. uh the pre millennial part is they're the ones who think it's like the rapture 
then the Antichrist, then like a millennium of suffering, and then Christ comes back at the end. Whatever. Oh, dude, the best possible thing would be if someone were to like explain that to Trump and just say like, "Hey, just so you know, like here's what the evangelicals that you support and you want to win their votes <laughs> right. actually believe." He would just literally be like, "That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard." Are you <laughs> yeah, fucking kidding me right absolutely. now? He would, but he would, he would try to repeat it, and he would hear pre-millennial, and he would just assume that means only Gen Xers get into heaven. <laughs> Um, yeah, so incredibly bizarre film. It, it kind of feels like like a less than stellar NCIS episode that also just has a bunch of Bible stuff laid over the top of it. It's like the for for a for an explicitly religious studio, it really seems like they shoehorned in the religion on this one. There's zero subtext in this movie, and you'd, yeah. you'd think, like, the idea of being, like, a propaganda studio, you'd be really good at making all your fucking propaganda subtext and not just be like, the, see, the thing is, Muslim people want to kill Israel, and that means we're going to get yeah. killed. <laughs> yeah. Or just be like, how can we convey these ideas? Oh, we'll just have, like, a newscaster verbatim say right. literally what we want yeah. instead of, like, writing a script that, like, makes people think, like, oh, interesting. At one point, uh, Lee Majors says, uh, like, I don't understand how Israel's hatred for the United States is exactly as bad as Hitler and the Nazi party's hatred for the United States, and yet nobody does anything about it. It's That is almost word for word what he says wait, in the movie. Wait, I think I... No, so this is the exact words that he said. Okay, <laughs> Connor caught this one too. <laughs> Iran's hate towards America and Israel is as great a threat to democracy as Hitler's Nazis. <laughs> Iran, who... At this point, the Iran nuclear deal had happened, hadn't it? Uh, well, this is what, in 2011? Yeah. I don't think so. Was that the second but term? We were too worried. Yeah, no. Oh, that that would have been first, first term. term. Yeah. That's first, first term, first actually, Obama right there. Term. Okay, yeah. It's funny. I, uh,. I recently had the misfortune of watching the Adam Sandler film Pixels. That movie fucking <laughs> sucks, um, man. And in that movie, there's also a huge number of Iran references. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, but yeah, they have their thing where they're like, we're getting attacked by video games. And all the generals are like, it's Iran. We need a new coup right now. Jesus. So it's just a running gag for just, you yeah. know, all the last like 40 years, basically. Well, I was I was pleased that we watched this one now because, you know, Iran is uh, very much back in the news right now. And I thought this would be a, oh, are they? a good insight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Connor, you need to listen to uh, Liquid Flannel a little bit more. We talk about this shit sometimes. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's the news. Sorry, I'm too busy listening to Pod Save America so I can complain about it. <laughs> There's no news on that shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised they're not talking about Iran they, all the time. They have... Like, surprisingly briefly. <laughs> they probably were like, I think we should also bomb Iran. We're actually big fans of that. <laughs> right. um, yeah, so so a very timely film. Um, I don't know. If you like schlock film, uh, I would say I, I actually recommend this one. It is it is so sincere in its, uh, in its approach to telling the story, and it's so bad at it. Um, that it's, it's actually a pretty good B movie. You could make a good bingo game out of it, you know, right. just, uh, make, make some, make some bingo cards, throw in, um, like Hamas, Hezbollah, Israel, Iran. Gaza. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, after about halfway through the movie was when I realized like there's not going to be any more action in this movie and that's when I kind of right. like checked out. However, um, was that when you tweeted me like this movie fucking sucks? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it also, 
I do have to give it credit. It's 85 minutes, so it's automatically two star minimum. Um, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> respect. So I think the best way to watch this is know it's only 85 minutes and break it up by about 45 minutes in. Uh, watch Jamie Thomas do some skateboarding videos on YouTube and then <laughs> go back into it and then finish it off. You'll be good. Hell yeah. <laughs> do a little intermission. Well, Connor, we did it again. We we made our way through a, a really bad movie and uh, got to educate the audience about it. So thank you. Thanks for thanks for going into that one with yeah, me. Yeah, no problem. It really did fucking suck. I hated watching it. <laughs> I, really, I was really lucky. Bad. I had uh, nothing to do at work today, so I like watched this and then I watched skateboarding videos and then I watched Gossip Girl for like five hours. Hell yeah. <laughs> Cool. Well, that's our uh, that's our review, our, our rundown of Jerusalem Countdown by by Pure Flicks. Um, probably not their best outing. Uh, you know, God's Not Dead at least said that's something. That's not that is supposed to like at least be like interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think we'll take a little break there. Uh, you you guys can go and and find this. I think it's on Amazon. Um, look that up uh, while we take a break, and we'll take you out on a high note when we come back. I saw Toy Story 4, which was pretty good. You know, I didn't have hugely high expectations, but it was a fun watch. You said not quite as good as the, the third one in your estimation? I mean, the third one is uh, is amazing. Yeah. Uh, Matt, I know you have not you have not seen it, but it is some of the darkest stuff in like a kid's movie yeah. that I have ever seen in Toy Story 3. I, it is. Toy Story 3 is real dark. I do think Toy Story 2 is the best Toy Story. That's the one with the sad Sarah McLaughlin song. That invented sad Sarah McLaughlin. That now <laughs> right. on just TV like every time. That's the, yeah. I mean, th- so here's a funny thing about Toy Story. So in Toy Story 1, Buzz Lightyear is, thinks that he's a real spaceman and not a toy. And then at the end, he's like, oh, finally I learned my lesson. And then in Toy Story 2, Buzz Lightyear is immediately replaced with another Buzz Lightyear that has the exact same problem. And they repeat that again. Yeah. And then in Toy Story 3, he gets set to Spanish mode. And so he literally has no character development in any of these movies. And in this fourth movie, he's just the dumbest piece of shit. It's just like his character is just being an idiot. <laughs> it's amazing. Do you think it's because people don't really want to work with Tim Allen anymore? I think that's just all Tim Allen can play is just a bumbling <laughs> idiot. They should have made Buzz Lightyear. I mean, he's military. He should be like a Blue Lives Matter guy. <laughs> there, is, there are... Toy Story 4 loves cops. There is a lot of cops in this movie. They call Woody a cop. Yikes. The Bo Peep sidekick is like a Polly Pocket cop. It's like a tiny cop who's on her shoulder. <laughs> and she spins her head around and it turns into sunglasses. And that that's from the Lego movie, right? Like the good cop, bad cop character? Oh, it's exactly Jesus. like that. Exactly like that. And then there's a very prominent scene where some cops help a kid that's lost. It's like cop propaganda, this, this, this Toy Story 4, man. <laughs> that's your high note? Cop propaganda. I mean, it was it was a fun movie. It's it's weird that it exists. The, it's actually made the Toy Story shorts that they made after Toy Story three are some of the best stuff hmm. ever. They made one that's literally a parody of Alien, where the alien is an iguana that steals toys and goes through like the vents oh, nice. at a motel. It's amazing. <laughs> Carl Weathers 
is like a nom veteran and he's like trapped in the vents <laughs> with the alien. It's it's the most amazing movie. And Carl Weathers is in Toy Story 4 and he has the best scene. Yeah. All right. I truly, well, I truly didn't right. even know because I don't have cable and I rarely like go to the movies. I knew Toy Story 4 was coming out at some point. I had no idea it was out. Oh, it like way underperformed too. They like they said it would make like 150 million and it made like 60 million Ooh. or something like that. It's it's so sad. Ouch. But it's not it's not terrible. It's just weird to see these movies because they're like not even for kids anymore. Like I don't even think they pretend that these movies are for kids because the entire movie is just like Woody being like an empty nester. I don't know what to do with my life now. I'm not with a kid again right. or whatever. It's just the weirdest thing. So some people say it's like an allegory for like how baby boomers need to like get the fuck out of the way and like move to a home. Now that's a that's a high note that I can get behind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, mine, uh, speaking of baby boomers, or at least mental baby boomers, need to get the fuck out of the way. Uh, my high note this week is that uh, just today, uh, Wednesday the 26th, the the Donald subreddit uh, got put under quarantine on Reddit for uh, basically just... For racism. Constant foot. No, 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 not for racism. No, no it was for threatening cops, wasn't it? What? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the racism's been there since the very beginning. They've been doing that for years. Uh, no, in this case, it had to do with uh, the Oregon State Legislature is currently shut down because they're trying to pass a climate change bill and all of the Republicans fled the state. And apparently the Oregon Constitution empowers the legislature to send cops after legislators who have decided not to do their job and bring them back. And a bunch of these like militia guys, you know, uh, like Clive and Bundy types are talking about, you know, getting into getting into gunfights with the cops. It's amazing. All of the, the Blue Lives Matter people completely change their tune when it's the cops making a conservative do something. Go fucking figure. The freaking official GOP party sent a bunch of like gun toting militia dudes down to the Capitol to like do a rally against the Democrats or whatever. Right. And then tweeted like, look, these Democrats are pissing their pants or whatever. We're hiding in the the legislature because they're scared of our support. It's like, well, Jesus Christ. Like, yes. Meantime, if if people don't know about it, the the subreddit for the Donald has been uh, one of the biggest gathering places, probably other than like Facebook for like extreme like MAGA hat wearing chuds. Uh, and it has just been a shithole since day one. And the people on it are it, they live in this horrible little conservative echo chamber where they ban any kind of anything that doesn't call Trump a god emperor. And it's just just vile racism and white supremacy and xenophobia and all this stuff. But apparently Reddit does draw the line when articles are being written about how just widespread, like, you know, what we should do is just kill a bunch of cops uh, show up on their website. Um, So yeah, they got, they got put under the the quarantine today, which means it won't show up in search results anymore. You have to like do an extra click through people who access Reddit on mobile uh, have to like go to their desktop first and say like yes I want back in. Um, so yeah, kind of kind of kneecapped one of the biggest communities for supporting Trump and just watching them sob about it on Twitter today has been it's just delightful delightful Schadenfreude. So to hell with those chuds and um, also to hell with the Reddit admins. They should have done this a long time ago. Do you yeah. think they'll keep it though, or they'll just switch it back a couple weeks from now? Absolutely not. It's a huge community. <laughs> Well, it's kind of hard to say because, uh, I mean, it, it is, you're right, Connor, it's a big community, but 
they've kept big communities under the quarantine before. There was a like explicitly white supremacist one called uh, European um, that got quarantined uh, a while back, and they're still under quarantine. Do you think so. we can get the PewDiePie community quarantined? Because I'm tired of it clogging up my feed. <laughs> so that's next goal. I mean, the problem with Reddit is that you know it's it's run by the same sort of like libertarian tech bros that run Twitter and Facebook, so they're loath to do anything to actually like crack down on like hate speech or anything like that because the valuable conversation and you know freedom of expression and marketplace of ideas and all that happy bullshit. Um, but yeah, this was a, this was a step in the right direction at least. So, yeah, well, that is cool. Connor hit us with that gossip girl. I know it's your high note. Yeah. My high notes, gossip girl, <laughs> gossip girl is on Netflix. <laughs> uh, I, back in March, I lost my job. And so I started watching Vanderpump rules and I ended up getting a new job, uh, not too long after it at sir. And I started watching it at work too. And I've realized I just love trash TV so I watched all seven seasons of Vanderpump Rules in like two weeks. I watched uh, all of Riverdale, and then I started Gossip Girl this past weekend. I am now a season and a half in. It's fucking great. I love. I watch it at work. It's so good. That's what I like. Like I said, that's what I watched after I finished the movie today at work. I just went back yeah. to watching Gossip Girl. <laughs> yeah, back in your comfort zone. Yeah. Sell us on Gossip Girl. Why should we watch it? Why should I rewatch it again? Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've already watched the entire thing. <laughs> So it's it's very much class drama. It's uh, about the, <laughs> <That's> uh, <right. laughs> the disputes between the rich, uh, like you know, hotel owners and the poor gallery. Wait, owners. is Blake Lively poor or rich? I can't. She's remember. rich. She remembers. Okay. She, she's she starts off. Her mom has been married a few times to different rich people, and in maybe at the end of season one, beginning of season two, I guess it's now yeah, end of season one because it's like Christmas time. Her mom marries Chuck Bass's dad. Chuck Bass's family is like the richest on the show. Right, 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 right. So only like the only Dan is poor. Is he the only poor? Dan and Vanessa. And then I mean, there's like other like minor characters. Like there's a uh, some like artist. Oh no, he's not. The artist isn't poor either because he. <laughs> yeah, no, it's poor. There's no there's no poor people on the show. The quote unquote poor people on the show are the family of a gallery owner and touring musician. <laughs> Yeah, the, the people who are like their maids, they're probably poor as hell. But you know, you wouldn't, you don't really find out that much about them. <laughs> oh no, yeah, there is. We do. Blair Waldorf has a maid, that Russian lady Dorita, that seems pretty poor. <laughs> no, it's a it's a fun show of these ridiculous rich people and their ridiculous uh, high school problems. Michelle Trachtenberg, did she show up yet? She's like some rival girl from some like other school or whatever. She's like, I'm more bad than you are. She's she's hilarious. Who is that the girl who played Georgina? Yeah. Oh hell yeah. Yes. She was awesome. <laughs> oh man, she was so good. She she is a she's a lot of fun. She roofies her friend. <laughs> who who doesn't? Who among us? That's <laughs> right. The the soundtrack on the show is like legit really good. I'm surprised that it hasn't been like taken down because there's so many like old shows where they're like, oh, we can't even get the rights to it because they use like That's a U2 how, like, song and it's <laughs> The, the I know the state on MTV they couldn't put it out for like literally like two decades because it was on MTV so they got to use all the MTV licensed music which was literally every song nice. and then they couldn't like they had to like try to edit all the music out and put different music in that finally came out on Hulu but yeah like the there's an episode I just watched recently where like every song every song in the episode is a different song by Kings of Leon. Like early Kings of Leon. Oh, dude, that this show was so big at the time that it would like make those bands blow up huge. It was like being in an Apple commercial or whatever. Right. It's like when the Killers were in the OC. 
<laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's like when The Hills plays like an old Journey song and it like hits number one on iTunes or whatever. That's another great, I haven't watched yet, another good high point though. The Hills is back and I haven't watched it, but uh, uh, the day it came back, Spencer Pratt followed me on Twitter. So I feel, I feel like I have to watch it. <laughs> Hell <now>. yeah. <laughs> Spidey, bro. Finally. Oh, it's been so long since I've heard what's up with Spidey. Are they still together? Yeah, they're still together. I was just on. Unbelievable. Recently, I was on uh, the podcast Report This Post, and uh, we were talking about reality TV, and I got to share one of my favorite tweets of all time is the Heidi Montag tweet, uh, congratulations to anybody who has written a book. (laughs) (laughs) Has Trump ever tweeted about Spidey? I bet he has. You would think he has, but I think he was more invested in Robert Pattinson's relationships. Oh, that was funny. (laughs) He's tweeted about Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart so many fucking times. She's a big Hillary supporter, you know. Yeah, Robert Pattinson's coming back <laughs> as uh, as Batman, too. So uh, maybe he'll have some more material on that. I think that's good casting. Trump should totally come out with his uh, his position. I think he's a big uh, Pattinson yeah. fan, though. He was always saying that he was too good for him. He invited him to uh, Miss America. Yeah, he was always defending the guy. Yeah, well, now we know Trump's type. Team Caleb? Is that what it uh, was? Team, team Jacob. No. <laughs> no, no, Jacob no. no. It's a team, team Edward. Fuck. Yeah, Team Edward. <laughs> yes. There we go. That I got to go back and watch my Twilight again. <laughs> I'm getting getting people mixed up. Yeah, maybe next episode, Twilight Marathon, guys. (laughs) Yeah, if we could get, uh, if I could ever get uh, Bill Corbett to hit me back on Twitter, we'll get him on because the the riff tracks of the Twilight films are the reason that I've seen all of those movies like 10 times. (laughs) Well, it's been a very uh, pop culture sort of heavy episode. Uh, I hope everyone enjoyed it. Our junior Chicago correspondent, Connor Golden, was back with us. Thanks, Connor. It's been a blast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hell yeah. You got anything you want to plug? Yes. Uh, first, follow me on Twitter at CNNRGLDN. It's just my name with no vowels. And then also... I've got in my drafts a joke about what your uh, Twitter name actually stands for. You're not. You're going to fucking hate it. And then also, I have me and my buddy, uh, who you can follow on Twitter, at Swearsayer, Kevin Hell. He and I are starting... Um, a sports podcast called EFIS that we're recording the first episode of this weekend. First episode should be on Monday. So uh, follow EFIS podcast on SoundCloud and then uh, nice. we'll be in the iTunes store and all that stuff as soon as possible. Hell yeah. Uh, hit us up with that too. We'll uh, make sure to put it out on the, the Liquid Flannel uh, channel as well. Awesome. Thank yeah, you. Sweet. It's like an all lacrosse sports podcast, right? Because of In Honor of Gossip Girl. <laughs> I played lacrosse in high school and I do intend to watch some college lacrosse. <laughs> Hell yeah. I was watching, uh, I was flipping channels the other day and they were showing Ultimate Frisbee Tournament. Those dudes are wild. They're so good. Huck it, bros. So yeah, folks, uh, keep, keep an eye on the, the Liquid Flannel Twitter for that. We'll, we'll make sure to get that to you. Uh, you can follow us at Liquid underscore Flannel on Twitter. And uh, yeah, I'm Matthew Hodges. I'm on Twitter at MattheGwait with a W. And Brendan Williams, where, where can folks find you? I'm at Brendan Williams with one L. Hell yeah. Well, thanks again, Connor. It's been fun. Yeah, thank you. Next time we uh, have a really shitty movie, we'll we know who to who to reach out to. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next debate night. Skip night. <laughs> so tomorrow. <Boom>. <laughs> we'll see you all next week. Uh, I think we got Beth Lynch coming to to join the show, so that should be a fun one. Yeah.